with me to Romans 14 tonight. We want to take a few minutes. I don't plan to be before you long, but long enough to get this across to you. The kingdom flow. The kingdom flow. And uh, I don't expect to get through all of this tonight, but we'll find a place to jump off. When we were born again, uh, we were not only saved, we changed kingdoms. And uh, there's a flow in the kingdom. There's a flow in the kingdom of God. And in order to recognize that flow, it requires a renewing of the mind. I have to renew my mind to what that flow is. There there are things that we're not supposed to put up with because it's not in the kingdom. Now, religion will tell you everybody's got their cross to bear. That's garbage. And the reason it's garbage is there was one cross and Jesus bore it. That's it. the, the, The Bible says very plainly that what he did, he did for me. In my place. Hallelujah. So I don't have I don't have to bear a cross. Right? Well, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. That's your responsibility. Do your part of the kingdom. It's not talking about a cross like religion's talking. I've got to renew my mind to recognize that flow. Romans 14, 17. Notice what the apostle Paul says. He says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So that word and is very important. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy. Not either or, not one of the above. It's righteousness and peace and joy. Is that right? One translation says, the kingdom of God does not mean eating or drinking, this or that. It means righteousness and peace and joy brought by the Holy Spirit. Brought by the Holy Spirit. Another translation says, God's kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of the righteousness, peace, and joy that the Holy Spirit gives. Oh, glory. I like the Knox translation. It says, it means rightness of heart, finding our peace and our joy in the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. So the kingdom of God is not comprised of natural things. The kingdom of God is not comprised of natural things. The kingdom of God, according to Paul, is comprised of righteousness, peace, and joy. Is that right? Everybody say that with me. Righteousness and peace and joy. One more time. Righteousness and peace and joy. So we know we're righteous. But then I should have the and peace and joy. By virtue of being righteous. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? If you're righteous, there's a peace that immediately shows up. Because righteousness means to be right with God. Listen, before you were born again, 
the angst that you had, the fear that you had, the, the, the shakiness of heart that you had, is you weren't right with God. And something in you, whether you knew it or not, something in you knew that if you died that day, you weren't going to a good place. There was a fear of death. Is that right? No peace. Because fear ruled. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 that the fear of death ruled from Adam to Christ. It held, it held sway over every man and every woman until Christ paid the price. And what Jesus did was came and took the fear of death away. If you have no fear of death, you have no fear. I should say that again. If you have no fear of death, you have no fear. Because that's the genesis of fear. Hallelujah. I've, I've used this illustration before. Somebody will say, I'm afraid of flying. No, you're afraid of crashing. Not afraid of flying. Hallelujah. Because it's the fear of death. But when that's gone, when you have it in your mind, I, I'm never going to die. This body might fall over with a thud, but I will never die. Because I'm not this body. Amen. Is, is that right? Okay, say that out loud with me. I am not this body. I am a spirit. I'm created in the image of God. I'm in the kingdom. With righteousness. And joy. And peace. In the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Look at Luke 17, 21. Luke 17, 21. So Paul says, the kingdom of God is not comprised of natural things, but of righteousness and peace and joy. And then Jesus says something here in Luke 17 and 21. He's speaking to the Pharisees, and they were asking him or commanding or demanding when the kingdom of God should come. And Jesus said, notice in verse 20, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Now this is important. It doesn't come with outward sign. Hear me when I say this. There was no outward sign in your life that the kingdom of heaven had showed up. You hear what I'm saying? It's not... It's you don't gauge whether you were changed by how you looked or how you felt. Right? Now, I was raised Pentecostal. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of them were plenty crustal, but amen. Hallelujah. But I was raised Pentecost. And we had a bad problem sometimes. If somebody would get saved, people would come up and get saved. And, you know, one old boy, he'd just cry and bawl and, and fall over the altar and cry out to God, Oh, God! You know, and, and just, Oh! And just really make a big show. And then there'd be another guy over here, and he would just be quiet. And just, he got the same thing this guy got. But people would walk out of the church saying, Boy, that guy, he didn't really get it. Now, he got it. Well, why'd he get it? 
Because did you see, he was jumping and shouting and running and snotting and sweating and screaming. And that, that guy, he just, he act like he got nothing. Nine times out of ten, this guy received something this guy didn't. But, and everybody was looking at what could be seen on the outside. Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come with outward signs. Right? So Paul said the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy. Jesus said the kingdom of God does not come with outward signs. And notice what he said. Neither shall they say lo here or lo there. So you're not going to see it on the earth in a physical manifestation. He said, notice, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Now think about that. And then Paul said, the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So they were looking for natural truths that, or proofs that the kingdom had come. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. For born-again believers, the kingdom of God is within us. Oh, hallelujah. It's in you and I. This means that what is in us is righteousness and peace and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Paul states that the first flow is a flow of righteousness. And we talked about that momentarily. When you got born again, the first thing that happened is obviously you were forgiven of your sins, but you, at that same moment, you were made right with God. So Paul says that first flow is a flow of righteousness. We're right with God. We are in right standing with God. Amen. Now that... That is a, a volume of preaching, just the fact that we're right with God. I'm right with God. You're right with God. How, isn't that wonderful? To, to be right with God. When you, when you read these scriptures about righteousness and you read them in, in a Spanish Bible, it's always, it's always uh, uh, justified. It's, it's, it's justicia. You're just, you're justified with God. I'm right. I'm just with God. He, he and I, the, 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 the tables are even. God's holding nothing against me. He remembers nothing that I was. He remembers none of my failures. I'm righteous. Amen. The first flow is a flow of righteousness. I'm right with God. So that means I can live a life that is right with God. I'm not going to stay with this. Just bear with me. When you run into somebody that's constantly struggling with sin, it's because they don't know they're right with God. Once you know you're right with God, the sin problem's gone. What, what, what does sin bring? Condemnation. What does righteousness take away? Condemnation. When you know you're righteous, it cancels it out. When you know you're righteous, you won't want to sin. And that's, notice that's a flow. That's a flow in the kingdom. It, it, it doesn't mean you don't have a responsibility, but there's a flow 
in the kingdom of righteousness. I can live a life that's right with God. My life will look like it's right with God. Our lives will look like it's right, they're right with God. Hallelujah. I love being around people whose lives just look like they're right with God. Amen. When you, when you go in their house, there's that flow of peace. When you're around them, there's joy. When you're around them, they're peaceful. There, there's never all that turmoil. Are you, are you ever around people that are just dramacidal? They're just drama going on all the time. It's just this is always happening and that's always happening. And it can be safe, folk. And they have righteousness and peace and joy on the inside of them. The kingdom of God is within them. But it doesn't look like it. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? God has given us the grace and the ability to live the life that He desires for us. I have His power and His ability to live the life that He desires for us. And then He said the second flow is a flow of peace. That word peace, that's, that's the word quietness or rest. The flow of peace is supposed to dominate our heart and our mind. The flow of peace. Because things will come against your mind. There will be things that attack your mind. But the flow of peace in our mind and in our spirit is greater than what comes against us. But I have to yield to it. Peace does not just arrive. It has to be yielded to. I have to yield to it. Well, I've got so much going on. Yield to peace. I, ha I have to do that. Hallelujah. You know, there, there's natural ways of looking at this. You know, I uh, right now, I have a five-year-old at home and a puppy at home. What in the world was I thinking? Not about the five-year-old, about the puppy. <laughs> Hallelujah. One's got to go out every 30 minutes. One needs help with a lot of things. Oh, you got to find a place of peace. Hallelujah. Right? Whatever comes against your mind, the flow of peace in your mind and your spirit is greater than what comes against you. When anything comes to trouble our minds, I, we have a choice to make. It's coming to trouble my mind, I've got a choice to make. Meaning, I don't have to wait for God to give me peace. It's already been given to me. When Jesus was leaving in the book of John, he said, I'm going away. I don't want you to be sorrowful. So here, I'm giving you my peace. And I'm leaving it with you. Not as the world gives. In other words, I'm not giving you the peace 
the way the world gives peace. The world only has peace when there's the absence of turmoil or the absence of conflict. This peace that I'm giving you in the middle of the conflict and the middle of the turmoil, you're going to be at peace. Oh, this is important. This is important. Peace has already been given to us as a flow of the kingdom. It's already mine. So I can draw it out whenever I need it. I can draw out peace whenever I want. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3. You'll remember this. You can write it down. You don't have necessarily have to go there. But he says, with, with joy, we draw water out of the wells of salvation. Is that right? Therefore, with joy, you'll draw water out of the well of salvation. Well, the main meaning of that word salvation is peace, wholeness, completeness. When you got born again, you received peace. How do you, how do you draw that peace out? With joy. Joy and peace go together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Always make your choices based on what's in you. Not on what's around you. Make your choices based on what's in you. In other words... Choose to be peaceful because that's in you. Choose to be joyful because that's in you. Choose to act and live and believe righteous because that's what's in you. Glory to God. Amen. When, when people look at our lives, they're not supposed to look like the world. And I don't just mean in sin. Although that's, hey, that's a big thing, especially right now. But people should not look at our lives and see the same turmoil in our lives that they see in everybody else's life. That, that doesn't mean that problems won't come. That, that doesn't mean that situations won't show up. But I'm making my choice based on what's in me, not on what's around me. Hallelujah. Look over here at Philippians 4.11. This uh, is a rather familiar passage of Scripture. But, I, I, you know, I had to learn this. That, uh, and we'll talk about this as we move further on. I can't change everything that's going on because I'm not in charge of everything. I am in charge of me. Amen. I've had people tell me, well, you have to be concerned. Oh, no, I don't. No, I do not. I, I had a lady come and tell me, you have to be concerned. No, I don't. No, I don't. Because, listen, we'll talk about this in a minute. That violates peace. Very often we talk about not violating peace. And we're talking about in terms of decisions. Don't violate peace. When you let turmoil in, you just violated peace. Yeah, but if your kids were like my kids, it doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter. If your family was like my family, doesn't matter. Well, pastor, you can't say that. I can say that based on the scripture. Jesus told you, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't you allow it. If he told me not to allow it, shameless plug. There's a wonderful book out there called Refusing the Care. All right. If Jesus told you not to allow it, then I must be able to not allow it. What would Paul say? Do not be anxious about anything. Now here's the question. Because you're smart folks. Is there anything not under the heading of anything? Don't be anxious about anything. Now how could he say that? Because he's the same one that said the flow of the kingdom is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That means I'm able to not be anxious about anything. Hallelujah. When I found out that David was running from Saul when he wrote this verse, he was running from Saul who was trying to kill him. And David said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay down and I'm going to sleep and I will awaken because the Lord will sustain me. If David can lay down at night and get a good night's sleep when Saul is hunting his head, I can lay down on my bed at night with the little trivial things that I might have going on and sleep well because the same God that sustained David when Saul was trying to kill him will sustain me. Same God. And I believe God. Is that right? And so if he said... Don't allow it. I have something to say. And, and we're going to read this verse, but you can't allow bigness or smallness to determine your response. It's like sometimes people have little things come against them and they just kind of shoo them away. Yeah, that's no big deal. But then something large shows up. Same response. Is that right? Philippians 4.11. I, I want to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Paul says in Philippians 4.11, Not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want. For I have learned. Now notice this. This has to be learned. You, you don't just know this. It's got to be learned. I've learned how to be content. Satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed. Or disquieted in whatever state I am. He said, I learned that. I've learned how to be full of peace no matter my circumstances. Is that right? Oh, but Pastor, you know, if you listen, I'm in a bad spot, but you're not in that bad a spot. You're not in the inner prison. Chained up most of the hours of the day, right? Wait, waiting to have your head cut off. And he said, I've learned to be content, to be satisfied, to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted, whatever state I'm in. But notice he had to learn that. How do you learn that? By experience. You learn that by acting. You learn that by acting on it. No, I'm going to draw peace up right now. I'm going to be joyful right now. 
Well, I don't feel like being joyful. There's not one scripture in any of those that says feel like being joyful. You're joyful as a choice. Joy and peace are fruit of the reborn human spirit. So you have joy fruit on your vine right now. You have peace fruit on your vine right now. Sometimes you've got to squeeze the fruit. When, when everything's going wrong, just get some of that joy fruit and start squeezing. Amen. Because that's what you, you've got to do that. You've got to make that choice. Hallelujah. How, and, and don't make it harder on yourself by intentionally putting things in your mind that are going to try to disquiet you. Hallelujah. You know, it doesn't, it's not proof that someone's a spiritual giant because they can sit and watch the news most of the day and seemingly not be moved by it. You're not fooling me. Because if it's going in, it's going to attack your mind. And, and I'm just of the mindset. The Lord told me at, at the beginning of the year, He said, don't be deceived and don't listen to what would deceive you. Just don't do it. Now, if you watch the news, that, I'm not telling you not to. But I'm saying, Paul said, I've learned, no matter the circumstances, to be at peace. You don't want to intentionally be putting things in your mind that are going to try to rob your peace. I got to maintain my peace. Is that right? Verse 13 of the same chapter in the Amplified Bible, he said, I have strength for all things. In Christ who empowers me, I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him that infuses inner strength into me. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Ha! Huh. So I have a flow of peace that will empower me no matter the circumstances. You have a flow of peace that will empower you no matter what you're going through. Amen. And this peace is ready for anything and equal to anything we face. I have a flow of peace in me. Say that out loud. I have a flow of peace in me. Oh, glory to God. Jesus said in John 14, 27, we quoted it earlier. In the Amplified Bible, he said, peace I leave with you, my own peace. I now give and bequeath to you. Wow. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Then he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Now think about that. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Ed Dufresne used to say this all the time. He'd say, a troubled heart is an unbelieving heart. So he said, do not let your heart be troubled and don't let it be afraid. So the obvious question then is who's in charge of whether my heart is troubled and afraid? Me. I am. Hallelujah. So I have to learn that. I have to learn that. And there's times you just got to stop and grab a hold of your mind. And, and grab a hold of it. And not let it run away. Hallelujah. Because, and, and notice, here's your faith, here's your, your faith builder. 
Because Jesus said you could. Then he said, notice, stop allowing yourselves. Stop allowing yourselves. Notice the phrases, to be agitated, to be disturbed. Don't permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. I'm glad Jesus said that. Don't permit it. Notice, intimidated. Why does the enemy bring circumstances to intimidate you? And what did Jesus say? Don't allow yourself to be intimidated. Is that right? Glory to God. Don't allow yourself to be agitated or fearful. Amen. Don't permit it. Notice that phrase. Do not permit it. Now that's, to some people, that's a tall order. Don't permit it. When the thought comes up, what do you say? I'm not permitting that. Yeah, but it comes back, right, and you just say it again. I'm not permitting that. Listen, you, you, listen, you got to be like my mama when it comes to this. Hallelujah. If mother told you no once, that was it. Don't come and ask again. Because you might not just get words. <laughs> Hallelujah. But because I was her favorite, I usually got words. Hallelujah. She'd say, I'd say, you know, maybe can I go somewhere? Can I do something? And she would say, no, I don't think you need to go. And, you know, I'd say, well, please, no, no. And then here's, listen, Philip Wayne, you're not going. Okay, that's it. I know that's it. Well, what do I do? I go to my room. Kick the bed, decide I'm going to go try again, right? And I come back, and I say, Mom, please, can I go? And you know what her response was? What did I say? And you just look, she said, Philip Wayne, what did I tell you? You said no. Answer still no. That's it. That was it. That's how you've got to do those things that try to intimidate you and agitate you and frustrate you, amen, and disturb you. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be disturbed by that. I'm not going to be disturbed by that. Yeah, but do you see this and you see that? Yeah, but I'm not disturbed by it. I'm not disturbed by it. Oh, but pastor, have you seen? Yes, but I'm not disturbed by it. Hallelujah. There are people that can quote how much gas has went up, how much more expensive chicken is. Oh, it's so much more expensive to go to the grocery store now. You can see where their mind is. It might be expensive. It might be more expensive, but it's not supposed to be permitted to trouble you. Hallelujah. Remember Oral Roberts? Evelyn Roberts came to him in the 70s when inflation was so high. And she said, uh, uh, we're not going to be able to eat bacon anymore. 
He said, why? She said, bacon has went up, and she named how much it went up. Brother Roberts looked at her, and he said, Evelyn, the same God that gave us bacon when it was cheaper will give us bacon now that it's more expensive. Buy the bacon, woman. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not just about natural things. It's what they try to do to you, to agitate you, to disturb you. And he said, don't permit it. Don't you permit it. How, how do I do that? I have that flow on the inside. Righteousness and peace and joy. See, if I know I'm righteous, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed having to beg bread. Are you the righteous? Well, then you'll never be forsaken. You'll never be destitute. You'll never be without. I said, you'll never be without. Don't let it disturb you. You are righteous with God. The devil can't disturb me if I won't let him disturb me. But you've got to consistently be there. Amen. Glory to God. Look at Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. I hope I'm helping you. I'm getting somewhere. This message is somewhere. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is so important because then you're not left to the same resources as the world. When you start acting like the world and thinking like the world and responding like the world, then you're limited to what the world has to draw from. When you're responding out of the kingdom and responding the kingdom way and responding according to the kingdom, then you're, you, you have the resources of the kingdom. What short circuits the resources of the kingdom is kingdom people living like normal people. You can't do that. Hallelujah. I look at some of the people I respect. I was just... I was just thinking about some of this the other day when I was praying because we're, we're of course, we're believing God for things. And, and I was just thinking about some of the people we respect. Uh, we've, been, we've been partners with Brother Copeland for years. And, and I was thinking the other day, Lord, I'm in partnership with a man that paid cash money for a Gulfstream jet. Just went to Tyler Perry and bought it. Hallelujah. You heard Brother Jerry when he was here. When the, Lord, when the Lord opened the door for that Falcon 50. And he's in the, in the plane praying. And the Lord said, I want you to go to the man and tell him you'll take it and you'll pay full price. And he said, Lord, we don't do that. We negotiate. And the Lord said, no, I want you to pay full price. And so he went and paid full price, but there were all the inspections that were due on it. And the seller has to pay for the inspections. And so at the end of that deal, he made $250,000. And paid cash money for the plane. Now here's what I'm saying. That's not just them. He bought that plane cash money in the middle of a pandemic. 
Those resources came out of the kingdom. Those resources are in the kingdom for you. That's why I'm not troubled or agitated or disturbed. Is that right? Colossians 3.15, notice. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are called in one body, and be thankful. Oh, my goodness. Let the peace rule. Let the peace be an umpire. Let the peace decide. Let the peace determine. Let peace control. Let peace rule. That's what all that, that's what the word uh, uh, rule means. To be an umpire. To decide. To determine. To control. Or to rule. So we let peace rule when we're deciding what to do. You don't violate peace. But here's something. We let peace rule when we're faced with challenges in life. Not just when I'm trying to do something, trying to make a decision. You know, I'll tell people, well, peace is the umpire. Peace is the guide. Do you have peace? Peace is the green light. But I also, when a circumstance comes up, I face it with peace. We're not to violate peace. We don't violate peace in our decisions, and we don't violate peace by allowing circumstances to cause us to become worried or cause us to be disturbed or agitated. I've had Christians, well-meaning Christians, tell me, well, Pastor, you know, we just can't help that. Then why did the Bible tell you not to do it? If the Bible says, let the peace of God rule, the reciprocal of that is don't let the circumstance rule. He's telling you what you're supposed to let rule. The peace of God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Every day, we're supposed to live righteous. Every day. Every day, we're to live joyful. Every day, we're supposed to live peaceful. Listen. Life is not always joyful or peaceful, but the kingdom in us is. I said life is not always joyful or peaceful, but the kingdom in us is. I remember about probably a year and a half before my dad went to heaven. The, the, the Lord had, well, the Lord had spoken to me about two years previous, but at least a year and a half. And he started talking with me and he said, uh, uh, your dad's going to come home soon. And he said, I want you to prepare yourself. And he said this. He said, so you can minister to your mother. So I begin, I, begin to, I begin to prepare myself. Just thank the Lord that he was born again. Thank the Lord for the life that he had lived on the earth and represented the kingdom and, and just praised the Lord and glorified God for, for all of that. Amen. And then the, there was the night, the, well, early morning, uh, on a Monday morning, I got the phone call, and it was my dad. And he said, son, I've been talking this over with the Lord. And he said, I can come home if I want. And I said, well, dad, what are you going to choose? He said, I'm going home. And sure enough, five hours later, he's gone. Hallelujah. 
But here's my point. I, I went to the, to the service, to the memorial service. Uh, uh, we, we, of course, went to the funeral first. We weren't able to have a memorial service because it was in the middle of COVID. But uh, uh, nonetheless, we were there. And, uh, you know, I love my dad. But somehow the world gets this idea that if you're not grieving, you're not showing love. That if you're at peace, you're, you have the absence of pain. How could I possibly be full of pain when I knew where he was? Couldn't. Impossible. Amen. And I was talking to my mom not too long ago, and she said, uh, at, at your dad's funeral, she said, you will never know how much the peace of God in you ministered to me it wasn't a stiff upper lip I had settled it I'm not going to let grief in I'm not I'm not I, I it, it doesn't mean that I don't miss my dad I, there's there's still days I want there's still days I got to remind myself not to call him because he's he's in heaven right my mom still uses his phone, and when she doesn't answer, it's still his voicemail with his, his, his message. You've reached the office of Evangelist Buddy and Jeannie Steele. Please remember that Jesus is an oasis of love in a desert of sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blesses me. But, but here's, here's my point. There's such an absence. But, but I had to choose to let peace rule and be the umpire. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are authorized to draw out of the kingdom that is in us. So that we're not living based on circumstances around us. We're authorized to draw out of the kingdom that's in us so that we're not living based on the circumstances around us. Now, I'll say this, and, and please, this is, this is one of those things that we need to hear. To say we're Holy Ghost people and have no peace means something's off. To say that we're Holy Ghost people and then have no peace, something's wrong. Something's off. Because it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now let me, I, I'm, I'm going to take about five more minutes. Look here at Philippians 4. I want to... Uh, I want to, I'm taking my time, and uh, it's necessary that I do that. So I'm not going to try to get through everything. Philippians 4, verse 6. Notice he says, do not be careful for nothing. One translation says, even one thing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
And here's the result. The peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Care is the flow of the flesh. Peace is the flow of the spirit. Notice we're given the directive to be careful for nothing. And what's the result? The peace of God. But I've got to start by being careful for nothing. And the enemy tries to disturb you with what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this changes? Well, it's good now, but what if? There's no what ifs in faith. There's no what ifs in the kingdom. It's not what if this doesn't work. It always works. But I I have to make the deposit. I have to refuse to care. Refusing care and anxiousness stirs up the flow of peace. When I refuse it, I stir something up. And that is what my life should look like. Righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. That's what my life should look like. A a, a shaken life, a, a troubled life, a life of unrighteousness, that doesn't look like this. Hallelujah. I've got to walk mindful that I'm right with God. I got to walk mindful that I'm right with God. In other words, we don't live with fear tormenting us, which means that peace is within us. Because I don't live with fear tormenting me. I have people say, well, what about this? And, and what about that? And they'll talk about different things. And, and you know, they'll, they'll bring up the virus. And I just tell them, don't you know how far past that I am? That is so far in my rearview mirror. Does the thing even still exist? I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying. There are people that are still stuck there. There are pastors that are still stuck there. There are pastors that haven't opened their church yet. Well, brother, you know, there's wisdom in faith. But dear God, people are dying. I mean, spiritually. Am I helping you? I have to refuse to live a life that's not peaceful. Have to refuse it. If, if, if I'm not walking in righteousness, peace, and joy, my life is off target. Because I've got to walk in righteousness and peace and joy. See, my life has to measure up to what's in me. My life needs to measure up to that. Oh, hallelujah. So we refuse anything that's not peaceful. Anything. We have peace and joy in us right now. It's it's there right now. And uh, I'll say a couple more things about this before we close. We don't settle for non-peaceful times. Hallelujah. 
Amen. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll be around people and, uh, you know, I, I have family members that they don't, they don't look at the things of God the same way I do. And they just kind of, you know, take it flippantly. I was listening the other night, I was cooking dinner, and uh, uh, I had, uh, you know, Alexa play a song, and I had her play that, uh, uh, well, Miss Jeannie sings it, but uh, uh, Janet Paschal and Carmen uh, sang a, uh, had a duet, His Name is Life, because he wrote the song. And, uh, and part of that song says, uh, you know, some called him this and some called him that, but I know him as Master, Savior, Lion of Judah. And man, it just hit me while I was cooking dinner. You know, that's who he is to me. Now, ever who he is to you or isn't to you, that's up to you. But this is who he is to me. I'm going to have peaceful times. Whatever everybody else has. The world's saying the worst of times. The Bible says the best of times. Is that right? So be mindful of the peace that's in you. Be mindful of that. Here's why. You don't have control over the things around you. You just have control over you. And so you've got to be peaceful where you are. Ever what you're dealing with. The peace within me has to be yielded to me too. I have to learn to yield to peace. When, uh, when uh, our, uh, well it would be third child, our, our first daughter, second daughter, middle daughter, Angela. When she was born, uh, Pastor Michelle and I, uh, of course, we had, uh, Pastor Michelle had miscarried our first child uh, together, and uh, so this was our, our uh, uh, second child, and we'd gotten the word. I found out where, where I had missed it, and, and I got in the word, and uh, when she was born, she was born with all kinds of medical trauma, and the doctors weren't sure what had happened, and, and at first they weren't sure if, the, if it was a heart problem or what it was, uh, she couldn't breathe normally. And, and uh, so long story short, uh, the doctor came in and told us that. And here's, here's what I learned all these years ago. This has been nearly 30 years ago now. I learned in that room to yield to peace. I learned to yield to peace. Oh, wait a minute. What do I believe? Now I got to yield to that. When I was giving my testimony this morning of, of going to the doctor and the doctor saying, we can't help you. And you just, you just got to basically figure it out. And I made the statement. I said, I'm so glad I didn't have to figure out that Jesus was my healer. I already knew it. I just had to yield to it. I, I had a choice in that room when the doctor said, you know, we don't know what's wrong. We're rushing her to intensive care at Children's Mercy. When she left, there was a choice that had to be made. I had to yield to something. There's two choices. Amen. We had been meditating on Psalm 112 about the righteous man. And it says, his heart is fixed, trusting in God. 
Is that right? And my wife took my hand and I took her hand. And we said, our heart is fixed. It settles the issue. Amen. Our heart is fixed. And I told my wife, I said, I just, I need to get my hands on her. Now, they wouldn't let me in where she was. She was in an incubator and in the nursery. But they pulled her up to the window where I could see her. And I laid my hands on the window. And I said, Lord, if, if that anointing will go in handkerchiefs and aprons into people's body, it'll go through this window. Is that right? And I, I prayed. And, uh, but here's something I want you to see. I uh, went back to the room. And I've never seen this before or never saw it since or uh, 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 before. Pastor Michelle was there, and, I, and, and we were talking, and I said, uh, uh, would you like me to maybe find something on the television? And she said, yeah, and uh, we were really kind of looking for, uh, you know, uh, Christian programming or whatever, but it was late. We, we didn't know what was on. God is my witness. We turned the television on, and when the television came on, now this is before high definition, you know, it took a minute, and it came on. And sitting there at their Arkansas prayer cabin, was Ken Copeland and Sister Gloria, and he pointed that prophetic finger in that camera and said these exact words, Your heart is fixed trusting in God. Hallelujah. God will get it to you however he's got to. But I had to make a choice to yield. To yield to it. To yield to it. I went up there to Children's Mercy, and God bless them. They are professionals, and they know, boy, they're at the top of their game. And they, they had like a game plan board out for my daughter. And the, and the doctor brought me over, and he said, this is what we found, and, and this is why she's not breathing. This lung is collapsed. And, and he said, uh, you know, uh, it's repairable, but this is a very sick little girl. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, he's telling me all that they were going to do. And he was saying anywhere from 14 to 21 days, you know, is, is what it's going to take. And I said, okay. Now, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough. I wasn't going to disagree with the doctor. He knows his business. I mean, in the sense of he's telling me what's going on. I'm not going to sit there like a lot of people and go, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. I don't receive that. That's usually evidence that you're not in peace. Because you're trying to shout something down. Does that make sense? And so I just said, okay, okay, thank you, thank you, I understand, thank you. But right here, I'm yielding to peace. Now you'll face a challenge with it. Because I walked over there, and here's my little girl, now I say little girl, nine and a half pounds. But little relatively speaking. And, and she's under the lights, right, struggling for every breath. That little body's shaking. She's trying to breathe. And you can hear her going, <gasps> oh, my goodness, right there, right there. That feeling, that, dis that, that, that disturbance tried to show up and get me to yield to it. But I knew something. I have started this, this, I've started this down the right road now I got to stay with it right 
And I could finally touch her. And I reached in there and laid hands on her and just thanked the Lord for it. Well, I worked at that time. I worked in corporate America, worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, down on the plaza in the Kansas City areas where uh, a, um, a Children's Mercy is. And our offices were just across the plaza. And so uh, uh, every day on my lunch hour, I could come up and, and, and see her and, 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 and hold her. And you don't want to be letting people in your circumstances that are not yielding to peace. I would not give the pastor of our church clearance to come see my child. Because they weren't going to say the right thing. When, when we would just talk normally, well, you know, I hope everything goes well. I, I've already decided it's going well. Right? I, I, there were three people that could come see my child. And there are people that wanted to come up. Can we come up? And I said, well, no, there's not enough clearance. I didn't lie to them. I, I had all that I wanted given out. But we'd already yielded to peace. When, when Carrie was in the hospital, you all heard me tell her story of, of that heart issue that just really just exploded on them one day. When they were in the hospital, I told, I told Jim, you tell people when they come in here, listen, this is what we're believing. This is what we're saying. This is going to be the end result. If you can't say that, agree with that, and believe that, don't come in. Is that what I said? And that's what they told folks. Now, that's not just being uh, harsh. You've got to yield to something. And if you're going to yield to peace, then you're not going to let people in that are going to yield to failure. Amen. Well, here's the long, long and short of this. And so... Uh, I was up, uh, and, and I was watching her oxygen levels. The first day, they told me, they said, she's on 80%, 20% volume from the air around her, and we're pumping 80% in. Right? The next day I went up, it was 70-30. A couple of days later, it was 50-50. Then it was 60-40, and so on and so forth. You get the picture. She went in there at the beginning of the week. I was back up there on a Friday afternoon to visit her. And the doctor, the head man, he had the interns coming around. And he, and he came over there, and he had, he had never met me. And... Uh, he said, are you her dad? And I said, yes, sir, I am. And he stopped. He stopped and turned around. And he said, okay, everybody give me your attention. He said, this is our miracle baby. And this is what he said. We didn't do anything. She healed herself. No, she didn't. I know who healed her. God healed her. But here's my point. What if we did not yield to peace? They said it could have killed her. Could we have lost her? Yeah, if we had not yielded to peace. I'm closing with this. This has everything to do with success or failure. Whether or not you yield to peace. Yield to the flow of the Holy Spirit. Yield to the flow of the kingdom. Because the enemy's always trying to get you to make decisions 
based on the circumstance. And when you make decisions based on the circumstance, you're in his arena. Because he can, he can mess with the circumstances. He can't mess with what's in me. This is a closed system. Hallelujah. I believe God. So say it out loud. In the kingdom, there's a flow of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Right now, I yield to righteousness. I yield to peace. I yield to joy in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And it shall all come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Praise the Lord. I believe God. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Of course, don't forget tomorrow night, intercessory prayer, 630. Uh, the Lord's really been meeting us powerfully, and uh, we believe He's going to continue to do so. Uh, God is so good to us. Uh, of course, now Wednesday night, Pastor Michelle will be ministering here. I'll be ministering in Kansas because we have Brother Jerry with us in the Kansas location on Thursday. And so I'm driving up to be there on Thursday, and then I'll be there on Sunday as well. Uh, you'll be in good hands, amen. And uh, let me see, who's ministering Saturday night? Jim Molson's ministering Saturday night. Praise God. So God's good to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, let's say it together tonight, shall we? The vision of our church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. You and I always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.